When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Go behind the wheel and under the hood on everything automotive with high-speed stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, everyone. Thanks for dropping by. This is High Speed Stuff. I'm Ben Bolin here with HowStuffWorks auto editor Scott Benjamin. Scott, I read a very interesting thing earlier this week. Now, what was that? Oh, I'm glad yeah, you yeah, asked. Well, yeah. It was a... Uh, it was a list of the best and worst jobs in America. Mm-hmm. Number one, I think, was mathematicians or something. I believe that. Yeah. And uh, at the very bottom of the list, lumberjacks. Oh, okay. Yeah. and Sounds uh, like a fun job to me. You know, maybe I, I've never been a lumberjack. <laughs> I love the lumberjack competitions on television. That's, uh, that's I do. Fun. I, I love great. I haven't seen one in... 15 years, maybe. You know a long what? time. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe that's part of the reason, the dying of the competitions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the reason I bring up this list of, of best and worst jobs is it got me thinking, mm-hmm. of course, on something car-related. Sure. Uh, one of the worst jobs I could imagine uh, would be the job as, as the repo man. Oh, the, yeah. The car repossession guy. Definitely. Not a popular fellow, I believe. No, but no. I, I'm, I'm coming to you with some questions about this. Oh, sure. All right. Uh, number one. What what is this uh, repossession thing and how does it work? Number one, you've got a whole list. I've got okay. A, well, that's well. <laughs> that's good though. <laughs> All right. Well, how does it work? Um, boy, I guess you know it's really when a vehicle is leased or a vehicle is purchased, and you know there, there's payments that need to be made on that vehicle, and the owner simply just doesn't keep up with the payments. There's a certain point where uh, the you know the person that owns the vehicle, the lien holder, mm-hmm. uh, determines that hey, I'm not going to get any payment from this person, and that may be you know 30 days. It may be you know as short as 30 days, which is pretty strict, I guess. Yeah, that's rough. Um, but it could be as long as 90 days. Um, that's three months out. You know, they decide that, well, I'm not going to get any more payment from this person. I'm going to have to get my property back. Um, I own that vehicle. You know, I I have the lien on that vehicle. I need to get my property back because it's valuable to me, and I'm not just going to give this hmm. vehicle to somebody else. Okay. Well, then in that case, I'm going to, I'm in a level with you here, Scott. Mm-hmm. You know, generally in this podcast, what we do is you're the expert I'm the guy who asks a lot of uh, questions. I won't say they're always dumb questions, but there is a tendency. <laughs> no, no, they're not dumb. Thank you. 
my entire knowledge of car repossession, I've never had a car rep- repossessed, okay. uh, never met a repo man in real life. Mm-hmm. I did see a movie with Emilio Estevez about being a repo man, <laughs> which, yes, was was a, was a science fiction movie. Uh-huh. Uh, it seemed like a surreal world, and I'm sure there are no aliens involved in the day-to-day lives of most repossessors. I wouldn't think so. But it seems like they still do have a kind of dangerous job, and they have some pretty cool gadgets. Yeah, for sure, they have a dangerous job. Um, yeah. Imagine, well, you're there to take away somebody's, well, their vehicle. Their, their, I don't know if you'd call it a prized possession, but it's uh, it's something of value to them. They need a vehicle to get around town. They've got, you know, there's a reason they bought it in the first place. They wanted that vehicle. Sure. Uh, yeah. It's not just you know something that appeared and they don't want it, and that's why they're not paying for it. They <laughs> uh, they want that car, and uh, for whatever reason, they're not making the payments, and it's the repo man's job to come and take that away. So, um, like I said, it doesn't make them a very popular person around the uh, the neighborhood when they show up. So, so um, how do they actually do this? I mean, they're not welcome. Do they come like thieves in the night, like uh, ships in the night? As a matter of fact, they, they kind of do. Um, not thieves because, you know, this is all on the up and up. It's it's legal. Right. But what they do is they have to – several steps. Okay, once the once they find out, you know, that there's a, a person who needs their services, okay. uh, they make sure that the client that's hiring them actually does own the lien on the vehicle because if they didn't, you know, this could be just some way of somebody receiving, a, you know, a piece of property that they don't rightfully own. Yeah, okay. Um, the next step would be for them to go out and find the vehicle. And that's hard enough. I mean, that's, you know, it could be anywhere. Some people, they move without, you know, leaving forwarding addresses. You know, you don't know how to track them. That's called a skip. And the person that kind of, you know, figures out who that per- or where that person has gone to is called a skip tracer. Uh, so Repo Man might, you know, might use that. They, they may be that person or they may hire somebody to do the skip tracing for them. So once they find the vehicle, they know where it is. They have to kind of do a little bit of surveillance. Uh, you have to kind of watch and you know figure out when the person is going to be there. Most of the time, the vehicle is going to be there, you know, over the nighttime hours. Um, okay. Just general rule: most people work during the day. Um, you know, coming home, sleep at night, and go back to work the next day. So you know, late at night is the time to do this for most cases. Um, and also, you've got the the cover of night, you know, to kind of uh, keep things a little bit on the stealth side, I guess. Wow. And they have to come out and actually verify that you know that's the the VIN number of that vehicle because. You know, who knows, it may be another vehicle in the area that looks just like that, same color, same uh, same make, model, whatever. They have to actually look at the VIN number and make sure that that's the vehicle. So they have to be out of the truck to verify that, or somebody has to be out of the truck to verify that. And the next step is actually taking the car. No. They, they pull up with the vehicle and take the car. But how do, how do they do that? Do they use a, a tow truck? or? Oh, there's several methods. They can um, come up with just a blatant tow truck and take the car could be a you know flatbed truck which you know that's not very yeah, <laughs> not very stealthy obvious. yeah that's pretty obvious or there's just the standard tow truck that you're probably familiar with you know it has kind of the the big rig on the back with mm-hmm. uh, the straps at the back that you hook up but have you ever, you ever had a car towed ever uh, i mean not not repoed but i mean oh towed. yeah yeah willingly yes. okay and did that process take a long time it it took well of course i am cartoonishly impatient Mm -hmm. so the guy who came to to tow the vehicle had some devices i don't know what would you call it a rack and he hooked it up to the Mm -hmm. axle sure i don't know the terms for whatever that's called either but i know what you're saying they have to they have to kind of bump it up to the vehicle Uh hook up the hooks uh they have to line everything up and then they go back to the truck and adjust the hydraulics and there's just a lot of different yeah uh, procedures processes that have to happen mm-hmm. um it takes several minutes you know and mm-hmm. for it to be done right and they want it to be safe you know there's a lot of good reason why it takes a long time it's not their fault it's just that you're 
moving something that weighs, you know, 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 pounds, yeah, yeah. and you have to be safe about it. This is where it's different for repo, man. Well, <laughs> a certain type of uh, repo truck. You know, sometimes um, the owners will understand why you're there, and, um, you know, they'll willingly give up the keys, and they, they understand that, you know, I, I failed to make my payments. The right thing to do is for me to just turn this over to you and make it easy on everybody. Scott, you're talking like that's the minority of cases. Now, I, you know, I don't know. I'm not sure if that's the minority or not, but I... I would almost assume that it would be, but you you just can't you can't you can't determine because I, I think you hear the worst stories you don't hear about the you know the times where it, it goes well, sure. um, you know if you do a search online you'll find I don't know stories of people that are you know assaulted all the time, uh, trucks are destroyed you know people are even murdered. There, in fact, I think um, in our article on our site we say something like uh, t- I think it was two repo men in the United States are killed every year on the job um, as a result of you know some irate person coming after them with a gun or a bat or whatever they happen to have, a weapon yeah. of some kind. Like I said, it's it's a dangerous job, but you know, if if you get somebody that, that is irate that doesn't want their vehicle taken, you have to take you know, have to take the vehicle, uh-huh. um, that's a different matter. They you know, there's several ways you can do it. You can back up with the truck and, and do it and just hope nobody sees you and get out of there quick. Um, now there is another angle to this and that would be um, that a repo man could use something that's kind of a stealth way to pick up a vehicle. It's a it's a Stealth repo truck, I guess you could call it. Oh, do um, tell. Yeah, sure. It's a, it's a, well, the one that we highlight in our article is called a Stinger wheel lift system. And the Stinger is really something that, it's kind of like a bee stinger, I guess, if you want to look at it that way. It extends out to the back of the vehicle. There's a few different mounts you can use with this. It's a, it can, it can be mounted on top of a normal pickup truck, or um, I'm sorry, normal tow truck. Uh, and that's more visible. It's just kind of out in the open, but it's, it is it is a folding hydraulic device, and this is really cool. It kind of lays out as almost like a flat bar. Um, okay. It extends extends out. It has Maybe it has a T in it. Um, all this, again, is hydraulic, so this is all controllable from in the cab, and this is key. The driver backs up the vehicle, extends the stinger in front of the vehicle, and two arms kind of swing around. You know, they bump the front of the tires. Two arms swing around behind the tires, so it cradles the wheel on both sides lifts up the tires, the front tires of the vehicle, and that's it. The driver drives away. Um, now, that's not secure. He just gets a safe distance away from the home and then and then secures the vehicle for uh, actually okay. towing on the road. But that is an extremely fast method of picking up a car. And, uh, again, the repo man doesn't even need to get out of the truck in order to operate this thing. You know, from reasons that we talked about just moments ago, I mean, that's, that's yeah. really, really beneficial to them to not have to get out of the vehicle. And the speed aspect of this, that can be done in 10 seconds. If if it's a skilled operator, ten, Wait, ten, the whole thing, the whole thing from the the point where uh, the truck backs up to the vehicle to the point where he's driving away with the vehicle it can be ten seconds. If if the operator is really skilled at using this thing, and they can even pluck a car out of a um, a parallel park situation, like let's say it's parked against a curb with a vehicle in front of it and behind it. Yeah. Um, again, a, a skilled operator can get the the stinger in there in the right position. To, uh, to to remove that vehicle in ten seconds. I think it may be a little bit longer if it's parallel park like that. And of course, you know, a little twisting motion against the curb, you know, that might not be so good. But right. but uh, you know, it does recover the vehicle. That's amazing. And the cool thing about this is another one that's really Wait, cool. That's to not begin the cool with. thing. That, well, it kind of is. But another cool part about this is that that device, that same device, can be rigged so that it can go underneath a heavy duty pickup truck, underneath to the point where. You can't tell from looking at that car that, or that truck that it's a repo truck. You um, mean like an F-series pickup or it, something? Well, a giant pickup truck, like uh, uh, like you know, a heavy-duty dual rear wheel, um, uh, okay. you know, big big yeah. diesel-powered pickup truck, uh, because you know they're going to be caught, you know, hauling mm-hmm. 
up something. I think it carries up to 7,000 pounds is what I heard. Man. So unless you're talking, you know, a, a big rig or something, yeah. you know, bigger than uh, 7,000 pounds, um, you can haul it away. And, you know, that it's the same function, same speed, everything. It's just it's it's even more stealth. Um, they have the same thing that will fold up into uh, the bed of the pickup as well. But I think the underneath is probably the, uh, the easiest one because you can't even peek inside the bed and see anything going on there. It looks just like a heavy-duty, maybe like a... A hitch hookup or something like that. So it doesn't. It doesn't even look like a tr- tow truck. No, it does not. It looks just like a pickup truck, like a, a big pickup truck. So um, for a repo man to come into a neighborhood, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't know if, if there's going to be an early warning signs that you know somebody <laughs> could say, hey, you know, repo man's here. I, I don't know how that all works, but uh, you know, it's it's definitely a benefit yeah. for him to be able to come into a neighborhood completely yeah. unrecognized. Yeah, and that way they're not the target of, you know, I don't know, hatred of any kind. Assault, <laughs> That's right, yeah. But you know what? Uh, just on a slightly different note, it would be very depressing to live in a neighborhood where people pass word along oh, that yes. the repo man was bad. Yeah, and I have a feeling that it happens here and there. I don't, I don't think sure. it's uh, it's terribly uncommon. Yeah. There's one other, a couple of things that we haven't talked about, though. Yeah. Um, we'll keep these kind of on the minimal size because we're talking about uh we're, we're talking about cars mostly but yeah. there are such thing as boat repossessions there's also airplane repossessions there are of course motorhomes that's another kind of extreme situation oh. that that you would have to you know yeah have, have, have a, a, a big rig basically well, sure you would yeah it's something really big to take that away or somebody would give you the keys and you just drive it away okay um that would have to be in one of those situations where someone is okay with you yeah taking away that car or that vehicle and um motorcycle repossessions now that's oh. probably i guess maybe a little more common than you would think you know the motorcycles but you can't do one of these stealth repos on a motorcycle you can't just hook up to a tow truck uh-huh. so there's a special device for that they've they've uh, they've come up with equipment that you can back up to a motorcycle quickly load it and get out yes yeah, it's, it's a little little more complex and i think it i think it actually requires the the operator to get out to uh to secure a motorcycle just because there's not that uh, stability that you have with the car you know right. four wheels but again you know once they get a safe distance from the home there they're allowed to you know it's easier for them to secure it you know pull into a parking lot somewhere and uh take care of business before they get on the road so it's not a danger to everybody no you know. i i've got i've got two uh two questions first off mm-hmm. i i was very surprised uh i guess it makes sense logically that boats and planes would get repossessed mm-hmm. but you never really think about that because people who i i would imagine people who can afford private planes and to a degree people who can afford boats don't seem like the the people who usually will uh fall behind to the point that they they need to have repossession that's yeah i mean it's tough to get into the psychology of why you know why somebody would do something like that i I don't understand either i guess uh, i don't know i mean maybe they forget they have one i don't know (laughs) yeah right (laughs) yeah what do you what do you do i mean uh, my brother is a pilot up in Michigan, and um, there's a plane that's been parked on the runway. I don't know if it's still there or not, but celebrity owns this plane. Won't pay the, I think it was the taxes that are owed on the on the vehicle or on the airplane for, I think it was a landing fee or something like that. Okay. The celebrity won't pay the landing fee. So this jet is sitting on the runway, you know, waiting for someone to pay this nominal fee, and I think it's being charged you know, now for storage, et cetera. Uh-huh. So something like that, I mean, I don't know, maybe you kind of just abandon something like that, even if it's a big purchase, you know, yeah. a, a, an airplane, a jet. I mean, what are, you, what are you doing? I guess that's what happens. Now, business probably is booming for these guys, not to be too negative, but... I would think so. Yeah, because it's, it's almost a... I guess the, the comparison for property would be foreclosure, right? Yeah, yeah that's right. And, and so 
if foreclosures are also peaking, these guys must be. Now, but if you and I just buy this equipment and appoint ourselves like celebrity jet repossessors, <laughs> we'll actually be coming up with a synonym for thieves, right? I think so. Yeah, that's right. I, yeah. I think you have to uh, – I think you have to be certified in this, but I'm, I'm not exactly sure the uh, the licensing that goes in, into being a repo man. But mm-hmm. um, I would think that you'd want to be, you know, involved with a reputable company that does this. You wouldn't want to just kind of be the uh, uh, the maverick repo man out there. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe I don't, I'm not sure. I just don't know how it would work, Ben. Uh, I mean, that's a pretty good yeah, movie I guess, title. I, <laughs> I guess yeah, and I think you know as far as making money. I mean, if you're busy, mm-hmm. um, I think you can make you know couple hundred dollars per repo um i don't think it's outstanding money i mean i don't think it's 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 not bad but then again remember the danger that you're talking about for this type of job right um the hours you'd be working you'd be working really crazy hours i think the danger aspect though would be the one that would turn me off to something like this yeah it seems like the the stakes are a little bit higher in the repo game than in the podcast game yeah i think so so i'm pretty secure right here then yeah, yeah. yeah, you know what, Scott? Uh, me too. And thank you so much for explaining a little bit more about some people that I, I hope I won't ever have to meet. Oh, likewise. Me too. I hope I uh, hope I never get in that situation or anybody gets in that situation. It's pretty rough. Yeah. And for our listeners, if you'd like to learn more about repossession or anything auto-related, please drop by the auto channel on HowStuffWorks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Johnny B. Good, the host of the podcast Creating a Con, the story of BitCon. This podcast dives deep into the story of Ray Trapani and his company, Centratech. I'll explore how 320-somethings built a company out of lies, deceit, and greed. I've been saying since a very young age that I was going to be a millionaire. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. Listen to Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.